Hey guys, welcome back to West Coast Mix and Bounce. I'm your co-host, Bronna Marks, and I'm with... Leslie Torres. And West Coast Mix and Bounce, formerly brought to you by Sports Al Dente, but we are now brought to you by the LA Football Network, which is the destination for LA football, of course. Now, luckily, we're getting to stay with them, even though me and Leslie talk about um, basketball, that strictly basketball, <laughs> strictly West Coast basketball. So we'll be sticking with that. So don't worry. Nothing's going to change. It's going to be the same old, same old, just a different logo, you know, representing us. Um, but yeah, with that, like, let's just jump right into it because it is October 1st and this season is just a few weeks away. Well, preseason is a few days away, but you know, the full actual season is a full few weeks away. And trust me, we are just excited as mm-hmm. you are. So going to hop into it. Media days just happened. And it looks like the biggest am- anticipation for not only LA-centered basketball, but for the league, is the Clippers and the duo of Kawhi and Paul George. Correct. So, yeah. So, um, they just had their media day, you know, kind of explaining what everybody is expecting for the season, who's going to be out, who's going to be in. Um, Leslie, what are you thinking? Are they are they the most anticipated um, team with the most anticipated duo? Um, definitely. They're, it's very... Uh, a vibe that was like everybody was ready to see Kawhi and Paul George and like their Clippers gear. So I think it's very anticipated. They're very hyped. And to have those kind of um, standards to live up to and it's just media day, it kind of gets, you know, the pressure going and everybody getting ready. But it was really nice to see Kawhi back and like, you know, in LA and being healthy. I think from what he said, this is kind of the first time in his career where he is kind of healthier in the Spurs. He had, he was dealing with injuries with the Raptors. He wasn't feeling as healthy. And so this is going to be a different season where he's at home and he's healthy. And it's kind of scary because if he was able to win a championship at the Spurs, at Toronto, with like lingering health issues... I can only imagine what mm-hmm. he's going to do healthy with the Clippers and with Paul George. So I think all that anticipation and kind of wound too. up there. And now now he's happy, too. Yes. Because before, I was like, the Spurs are less to kind of win, win, win. And with Toronto, it was like, win, win, stay healthy, win. And now in L.A., it's like, win, win, also enjoy where I'm from, my family being close to me, you know, that adds like even more to his determination. And, you know, he's expected to have no limitations coming into this season. And it's the first time in a long time that he's having, you know, um, not really extensive load management. Obviously he's very careful with his body and how he treats it, Mm -hmm. but it looks like he is a 
100% in. And not only that, he was actually ranked number two on the NBA ranking list uh, by ESPN, no. basically saying he is the second best player going into the season. What do you think about that? We'll talk about anticipation. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, Im- but that, imagine they came up with that ranking and he had lingering health issues. And so I can only imagine now with like non-health issues, God willing, you know, everything stays great and he's healthy. He can be the number one player. And then you put him next to Paul George, who will we kind of have to wait until maybe mid-November to see him. But you put him next to that and that and that Clippers core, Lou Williams, you know, Montrezl Harrell. And you have a really tight squad that is going to win a championship. It's like you it's impossible yeah. to just like not look at the odds and not feel excited and anticipated for um los angeles basketball i mean it's almost inevitable because you know you have this defense heavy team mm-hmm. um Kwai and paul jars have both been named you know on the all defensive teams multiple times um and and not only not only do they play defense but they score they <laughs> actually if you combine their their points separately from um, when they were on different teams last year, but together through the season, they had they averaged fifty four point six points per game. So imagine now Crazy. they're actually on a squad together. Now, realistic, uh, realistically, they're gonna have to share the ball more. You know, <laughs> they were more of the top notch guy for the teams that they were on separately. Um, but just knowing that they're both high scorers and they're both you know, focused on defense. I think it's like, I, I mean, I can't wait. Um, I, I've been watching multiple, you know, ESPN and NBA, the jump. And I mean, they're the most talked about thing. And uh, their season starts October 22nd against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, they seem to be splitting LA down the middle. It's like the great divide out there. <laughs> I don't <laughs> uh, think so, but okay. Like, <laughs> You don't think so? You don't think so? Well, you're a diehard Lakers fan, so I know. No, I know I'm not wrong. saying it because of that. Did you not see how um, Kawhi was booed at the Rams game right after media day? Oh my, like, it's not I, just me, Brana. I know. I'm you're kidding. right. You're right. It's not just Shade. me. The booing, the booing was definitely like, okay, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I heard there was booing, but I'm sure there were there were people in the crowd that weren't booing. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, if... This is like you're a Clippers fan. Like this is your time right now. And I know, like we probably said it before, like when they had um Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. Like no, no, this is their time, and they just never reached that point. Like this is really, really their time. Like if if it doesn't yeah, go, yeah. it just <laughs> after this, you just don't even give up hope. If they don't win a championship after this, you give up hope as a Clippers fan. But no, I mean, Clippers fans are happy. Honestly, as a as a basketball fan. And as a Lakers fan, I'm st- I'm happy, like, because it's like you just want to see good basketball. And I think, like, kind of like LeBron James said on his media day, the real the real winner is Staples Center since they're having both yes. squads play there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's gonna be packed every every game, mm-hmm. every game. I I'm sure it's gonna be packed. So definitely looking forward. So maybe hopefully I could take a trip and actually go see a game because that would be that would be great. It is. I think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and like you said, besides Kwai and and uh, Paul George, it seems like 
everybody on the Clippers is is healthy and ready to go. You know, everybody's excited to have the additions. And, you know, Lou Williams, he's so humble. He's, you know, back-to-back uh, -back six man of the year. And he's like, I'm a backup. You mm -hmm. know, that's what I am. I'm a six man. Like, I'm still going to be in the game doing his thing. And, you know, he is quite the backup. He averaged almost over 20 points last season and 5.4 assists. So, you know... Besides those two big, you know, superstars last year, we were talking about they need one superstar. They need at least one. Now mm -hmm. they have two. <laughs> Crazy. So I, I think, you know, they exceeded expectation, expectations in the off season and trading season and everything like that. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, October 22nd, like counting down the dates, marking off the calendar days, you know. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. But basically across the street is the Lakers, and they are probably, I would say, the second most anticipated team in the league and in L.A. sports. <laughs> well, Brana, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. <laughs> I would say the Clippers and the Lakers are an even tie right now for the anticipation level <laughs> because we also, <laughs> yeah, we get to see, you know, Anthony Davis, first time, purple and gold, and then you get to see Dwight Howard again in the purple and gold. I mean, like, you never so expected that to happen. <laughs> no, but yeah. I feel like we did get also a lot from the Lakers media day. Um, really good to hear on Kuzma's injury, which is kind of coming out of left field since we all didn't think it was that serious. But it must be serious if he's not um, training at training camp right now. So I don't know what that means. I just feel like the Lakers have to make sure they stay healthy and try to get their team as healthy because the worst thing that can happen right now is for Kuzma to go back and play and then become seriously more injured towards the end of the season where maybe they're on a playoff push or something. So, I mean, that was kind of interesting sure. to hear and for them to kind of clear up or announce kind of in a way. What was your maybe biggest takeaway from Lakers Media Day? Well, um, I know you were there. The last thing that I read was that he was ahead of his foot injury. So that probably definitely does is kind of concerning um, that he's hurt. But uh, I think um, I'm, I'm still going to stick that they're the second most anticipated. <laughs> they're, they're kind of the underdog, which is it just, it's weird. I think it's because the Clippers are so hyped. And, you know, it's been huh. so long. They actually they haven't made it past. This is a cool stat. They haven't made it past the second round of playoffs ever um, <laughs> in their whole existence. So it's just kind of like now it's like now we're talking about like finals. And, you know, these guys couldn't make it past playoffs. Exactly. For, you know, their whole entire existence so it's just kind of like they're super hyped so the Lakers I think have a lot to prove only because you know last year was just injury filled and it was just lopsided and you know I, I'm not gonna lie like maybe it is overhyped that they they are an underdog that's really that's interesting to say an overhyped underdog I, but I really <laughs> think that fits <laughs> I really think it fits because I think they they're they're not, you know, as young, like, as the Clippers are. They're definitely a younger, put-together team. The Lakers are more vets. Uh, you know, you have LeBron, you have um, Dwight, you have Avery Bradley. You know, he's a 10-year vet. You know, the only youngest, Kentavious uh, Codwell Pope is probably one of the youngest players <laughs> on the team. 
Um, but, you know, LeBron, he seems 100% back from his injury. He doesn't seem to be lagging at all, you know. Uh, you know, obviously in the preseason, they're going to pull him back a, a little bit. They're not going to let him play every single game. And I think they're going to be more care- careful now with his load management just because of what happened last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be kind of interesting to see how they eat hopefully shave his minutes because you know i feel like every season it's like oh i'm gonna you know be careful about my load management and then he goes like and plays the whole game every game and that's it <laughs> you know and then you have uh davis which lebron basically encouraged his his role in offense you know he's a six-time all-star he averaged uh and then you have Avery Bradley, like I said, coming coming back. So you have these older players, the bench players, and you have these starting lineup. And it's just kind of like, they really look good. They do. But the Clippers are, like, super hyped up. <laughs> I totally agree. I feel like, and I mean, it's not that it's bad. Because, like you said, like, they're hyped up and they never have gone past the second round of the playoffs. So why would you hype this yeah. team up? <laughs> <laughs> sorry that did not sound <laughs> journalistic and nice sorry <laughs> it's okay no it's okay. we can get a little no answer. right <laughs> but I mean for like for like LeBron James and Anthony Davis to be on a team and then to be called like kind of like underdogish is like that's crazy because it's like you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and exactly. I mean and the vibe that I kind of got was you know there's like business as usual we're just here you know to win and blah 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 all that PR stuff but what I found really interesting was like how you mentioned LeBron James completely focused and the vibe everything on Anthony Davis so he highlighted the nicest things to say about Anthony Davis calling him a beautiful player how everything is set up around him how he's a game changer for the game and so I just thought that I was thinking was like this pitch for free agency coming up has started early. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and secondly, it's like, yeah, you know, LeBron James knows that if we stick our attention on Anthony Davis, we don't have to worry about him. And if we put it all on Anthony Davis, this is your team, this is your squad. Maybe LeBron James knows, okay, well, the tension is off of me. I can go out there and do what I usually do. But, you know, he doesn't need that because he's been having attention for his whole career and he's produced quite like a well reputation for himself as a basketball player is the best basketball player ever but so long story yep. short what i'm trying to say is is that yeah the lakers look good they're probably not as hyped as the clippers and so maybe that's why we think they're kind of like the underdogs but i'm still still lebron james still anthony davis like you mentioned dwight howard he's also been a defensive player of the year you have avery bradley who's kind of making waves on twitter because on training camp he's like i guess doing great i haven't been there but i guess he's doing well and they've also kind of been um preaching their defense which to me it's kind of like a red flag just because maybe i have like some ptsd because when Luke Walton was there, he was like, defense, defense. And we kind of saw it, but we didn't get, like, a full glimpse of it. So, I mean, I guess in theory, right. it sounds good. But I will just have to kind of wait to see how it comes out. Just because of, you know, every team preaches defense, but not every team actually plays it. And I think that's one thing for the Clippers. I think that they have maybe a one-up on the Lakers. 
that they are pretty much more defensive. Like you have Patrick Beverly, you have Paul George, you have Kawhi, you have um, Lou Williams, who's just like gritty, like on both ends. And you have a coach like Doc, who kind of really has made a name for himself and known for be for like sticking to defense and putting a lot of effort on it. So I think maybe that's where the Clippers have the have the bigger hand against Lakers. But I mean, it's just going to be an interesting basketball season, <laughs> especially in LA. Yeah, and, and you know, to play off what you were saying, you know, I, w- I was reading how Frank Vogel was uh, preaching more defense, basically, and you know, uh, trying to take that idea what he did with the Pacers and make them heavily um practice defense and you know because of uh because of media day they got to see them practice they were doing a lot of um off the ball defensive drills uh so i I think that would be great and i you know it's probably something that maybe he tried to start implementing last year and it just you know fell off because Mm -hmm. i mean god they went through so many lineup changes how (laughs) can you um really tie down who is your point in those defensive, you know, plays, you know what I'm saying? And um, I was going to say about Avery, Avery uh, Bradley too. Now I feel like the Lakers have a better point guard system mm-hmm. because last year they really struggled with that. You know, LeBron was point, Rondo was point, Lonzo was point, you know, all that change, all those changes at point, like throw off the whole flow every time you try to set something up. Yeah. Um, and now they have Danny Green and, uh, who is also a very great uh, defensive player, and then you have obviously uh, JaVel McGee staying in the in the um, under the basket for them as their their big man. So, uh, and I think a lot of people are forgetting about people like Danny Green and Alex Caruso, which uh, <laughs> they both have made a name for themselves. Yeah. But now that they're playing under people like LeBron and Davis and this person and that person, and then you get all the way down and you're like, oh, Danny Green and uh, you know, like. <laughs> Oh, they're here too? Exactly. They're actually pretty good. (laughs) You know, so it's kind of like those guys could pick, they could, you know, uh, they can make shots. Um, They're clutch players. You know, they they may be quieter players, but they're not, you know, forgettable players. Uh, Alex Caruso had a breakout season last year. You know, he had some big points. He had 32 points against the Clippers. You know, that's going to be their rival this year. So he kind of already has a, taste of test on that side and uh they have a full roster and it seems like everybody is almost healthy you know so it's just kind of like the Clippers have like just like a tiny edge right now like a tiny edge with the defense and the health scheme um and then what's so funny is uh (laughs) the Warriors are last on our list (laughs) who would have thought of I know they have at one point we used to take talk about the Warriors first because they had all the news. <laughs> How things um, change. But now they're kind of on the quiet side. And uh, one reason is as one of their most drama surrounded players, Kevin Durant, is gone. <laughs> yeah, it's a completely new team. And I want to say like completely like super drastic because you still have Curry and Thompson and Green. But, you know, the core players that you have come to know and love from the Warriors, um, Iguodala, Sean Livingston, KD, they are no longer there. And some, like, you know, important role bench players like Quinn Cook, they're all gone now. So you kind of have this mix of, like, the three most known guys and, like, the rest of the team. 
And so I think it yeah. just kind of brings a, a different vibe. And when I was doing my research on their media day, um, you could kind of tell maybe just from their interviews or from their like their reassertiveness, like they all like let them let the medium know like this is a new thing for us. It's a, it's all different, even the different arena. And it's like you're they're like kind of telling themselves like it's gonna be okay. We're gonna get through this in such kind of way. <laughs> and I mean, it's not yeah. like you shouldn't you shouldn't count them out because you know Curry's still healthy, Green is still healthy. They also have D'Angelo Russell now, and Thompson will come back sooner rather than later. So I mean, you don't want to count them out, but it's just so different because, like you said, they're always the top team mentioned. It was not who's going to be in the finals, but who's going to beat the Warriors in the finals. So it's kind of different exactly. to be like you yeah. just dropped so many spots and who even knows if you're going to be in contention for the West. So it's just a different vibe. Yeah. I mean, I'm still excited. We'll see what they got. Hopefully they don't like take a drastic turn for the worse, but things happen. Hopefully not. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Everything you said, you know, it, it's, it's really true. Everything is just so different now and um, you know, Draymond Green, you know, with his amazing attitude, his positive attitude <laughs> and his huge personality came out and said, you know, we're going to a, a, a fi another finals this year. Like we're going to be in our six straight finals. And he said that to have that confidence. Ooh. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Oh, and that's God. great. For I mean, him to have that confidence. Okay, cool. But then you have your teammate going up on the stand, Steph Curry, saying, yep, I'm going 48 for uh, 82. That's me and Coach talked about it. And he, and this is like, okay, it's sarcasm. Like, he's going to play every minute of every single game. But it's also kind of like a gutsy reality that he probably will be playing majority of every <laughs> game for m max amount of minutes. <laughs> it's creepy. You know, because um, – He's their best player. Mm -hmm. He's their best player. Draymond Green, yes, second best player, but all over player is Steph Curry. And he's the only one with like full, I guess, um, spectrum of just basketball greatness right yeah. now. You know, he's good up the floor. He's good down the floor. He's good off the ball. He's good on the ball. You know, nobody else on the team is like that at, at this very moment. So it's going to be a lot more stress on Curry. Um, a lot more stress on green too. And then you kind of see how you have to see how D'Angelo Russell fits into the equation because Correct. when he wasn't on the nets, he was their top, you know, one of their top scorers, one of their, their top, you know, floor controllers. And, uh, he's young, he's spunky, you know, he has, a, he has a lot of attitude and, you know, the Warriors, they play spunky to a point, but D'Angelo is on another level of spunk. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's kind of like I know what you mean, how, yes. Uh, okay, I'm glad I'm not alone here. No, no, I'm following <laughs> you, yes. <laughs> he just has a lot of energy, and it's hard to balance that, you know, on a floor where you have kind of more older, sick, sophisticated players I, I guess that's the only way I can really put it like more sophisticated not saying you know D'Angelo is not a good player he just has a different style I, um so that's another thing they're gonna have to work on I think it's gonna be tough mainly I think for Steve Kerr 
just because he's been so used to coaching, um, you know, like you said, these older guys that kind of been with him for a long time, Curry, Green, Thompson, it's, that's easy to coach. But you have a whole bunch of new players and like everybody has their own personality and their own way and their own shooting form. And to get all that together to work on the floor, it's going to be hard to figure out. If they figure it out, great. Yeah. You know, hopefully it's not too late down the season. But the Warriors kind of, from what I've noticed in their past seasons, they have a tendency to, I don't know, explain it, but like to have like G League players like really come on and help their team and kind of fit within their rotation, you know, here and there. I don't know about a whole entire new bench and a whole entire new squad when you only have three like familiar faces. So I don't know how it's going to work out. But they're kind of betting on this new younger squad to come and help them out. And D'Angelo is kind of like one of them. Like you said, he's made a name for himself from the Nets coming and playing offensively like great. So we're just going to have to see if it all kind of meshes and like the chemistry is there in a sort of way. Just because you have, like you said, different attitudes. You have Green who's like, nah, we're going to go to the finals again. You have Curry with his sarcasm, like funny sarcasm. Then you have like D'Angelo. Then you have a whole bunch of players that you don't even know who they are. And it's just like, is it going to come through? I don't know. We shall see. (laughs) Yeah, so the Warriors are probably the biggest question mark uh, for for the league and actually for, you know, LA sports. But on the other side of that, the WNBA are close to wrapping up their postseason right now. They're in the finals. It's the Washington Mystics against the Connecticut Sun. So sadly, no West Coast teams made it. But we're going to talk about why they didn't make it. And um, it, even though it is sad, <laughs> but we're going to talk happens. about that. Uh, So the Las Vegas Aces, who were one of the highly anticipated teams to uh, go to the finals and, you know, they they got close, but man, they could not stop the Mystics. They couldn't stop Ella Della Dawn. They couldn't stop Emma Messamin. Um, And it ultimately came down to defense. You know, their big scorers, Cam Beige and Asia Wilson, they combined for... um, 49 points uh, to force game four, but they were mm-hmm. already out. They were already down 2-0. Um, so it was just kind of hard for them to come back. Did you get a chance to watch any of those games? Leslie? I did. I did watch. And I think what I enjoyed the most was the extra stuff happening outside the court. So all the trash talking was like what got me more interested into the series. I mean, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right? Towards the end, I mean, the Mystics got the last laugh because they won. But, like, it just added a whole other layer to, like, basketball and, like, why you had to watch it. But I feel like, in my mind, I was playing more, like, a comparison. So I just felt like for the series, the Aces played a lot tougher than the Sparks did. And they had, like, more of a fight. But, like you said, it came down to defense. And it was tough to beat a team with the MVP Deladon. So, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I enjoyed watching it and it was lots of fun to see all this like back and forth, even though I was like, dang, they're going to get, they're going to get in a fight. Like someone's going to get ejected. Like, please don't. <laughs> but it was good. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the better team won. The Mystics won. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it did get uh, definitely catty. <laughs> um, very, very catty between them two. You know, uh, yeah, the Mystics are they're an older team. They this is their second, you know, year in a row going to the finals. And I think the Aces they looked they looked 
pretty good for how young they still are. Yes. You know, their individual players still have a lot of time to grow and they they can grow together and become a very, very powerful team. And they, they were obviously still one of the best teams in the league this year as how far they made it. But um, they just have a lot of growing to do. And on the other side, you have the Sparks, you know, a mixture, a, a solid mixture of vets and young players. And they got swept and it by the work. sun, which I was shocked. Me too. I was shocked. I, I think I we both think, swore that nobody was going to get we, swept. Yeah, <laughs> I did not think that that was going to happen at all. And honestly, it was embarrassing. And um, I think Derek Fisher is the one to blame mm -hmm. uh, and in their performance and his ideas of lineups. I don't I really it's it's just so shocking. Like, how did you get this far? And then you mess up completely like in yeah. the last minute, you know, like right when you're about to go to the finals, you know, that, that this team is historic for winning, winning in clutch, winning in overtime. And you just messed it all up. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was so messed, hard to watch. Messed it all up. Yes. And, and one of the biggest controversial points was that Kansas, Candace Parker, their greatest, one of the greatest players in W in the WNBA, one of obviously the best player for the Sparks was held to four points in that last game, that third game and only played 11 minutes, sat out the third quarter. And when she was asked, you know, why what happened do you you know understand why you sat out and she was like it was it was for fish you know you got to ask him and she was she said she was she upset was and she Ooh. looked upset she looked bothered the whole time um I mean what do you think about that I was I was so upset I was it was literally hard to watch and at one moment I think they panned the camera to um Parker sitting down on the bench and like you can see like her eyes like rage and like I feel like maybe she's like me that when you get mad you, you want to cry and it was just like rage cry coming out I was so mad for her yeah. I mean and I've said it before yeah. I think I've spoken this in the podcast before I was so here for Derek Fisher's lineups how he was able to like you know switch things around make it work but I have to admit mm -hmm. like that game three lineup or like rotation he had going on no Like, why? Like, why would you keep out the best player on your team just because she's, like, not playing well? I mean, and it's not that she wasn't playing well. You didn't even give her the chance to kind of warm up and get into yeah. a groove or to find her way to, like, you know, get her own points. It's, like, it's so sad that the season came down to this. And they had, besides that, they've had a good season. Like, you know, you went to the semifinals. They did yeah. pretty good. But, like... Derek Fisher, you literally had to come and do this. Like, you should let her play. If y'all lose, well, then y'all lose as a team. But at this moment, the way they lost, it's all up on you because you did not let her play. Like, basically. Yeah. 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 It, it was like, it was high school. It was just petty, you know? Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't. Like, I, but I still like, don't understand like, why. Like, yeah. LeBron James would have never got benched for mm -hmm. Owen, like, Owen, Owen, whatever. She went, like, Owen seven in the first half. She would, they, they would have never benched him. This mm. let him play, let him keep shooting. He'll, he'll eventually, like, you know, break out. And that's basically what they did, what he did to Kansas Parker. And, and, you know, I just can't believe that nobody has reprimanded him yet. Like, I haven't heard, like, oh, you know, he's in talks or his job is in jeopardy. Like, if anybody had done that to, 
if a coach had done that to LeBron James, LeBron James would have probably stood up and fired him himself, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's just like, I don't understand how that could happen. Um, but, you know, besides that controversy, um, it, it, Sparks just, it didn't, they didn't play well. Yeah. They did not play well. And it was surprising because, you know, in the regular season, they were two and three against them. Um, so they had already, you know, basically felt out the team and won against them, knew how to win. So I don't really understand. Uh, like I said, I really think it just goes back to Derek Fisher and how he acted under pressure uh, during the finals, because this is the first time the Sun have been in the finals since 2005. And, you know, I don't want to knock them because obviously they made it this far. They definitely have some spunk in them. But I just think it's still really surprising to me that they swept the sparks you know it would have been different if it was more of a back and forth and it came down to the last game cool but I feel like the sparks didn't it seems like they didn't put up much of a fight you know and um they were choked uh basically offensively Chelsea Gray one of the best point guards in the league you know she was held to 21 points in three games mind Mm -hmm. you and was 10 of 33 shooting you know she was shut down by Jasmine Thomas who's making quite a name of for herself um, in this series and also in the finals uh, she's having kind of a breakout uh, series of games defensively and offensively um, and the Sparks were held to 39% from the field 11 of 58 um, and and short on three-pointers you know so it just it was just ugly all around yeah I mean it's like I agree with you. Like, they got swept, so you just can't solely blame it on Derek Fisher. But, I mean, you can because he's the coach. And when when your team is getting hit that hard, you have to be able to regroup and, like, reset it and kind of inspire and come up with something. But it's just, like, they just let themselves get beat and pushed down. And they're like, okay. And at the moment that you could have maybe put up a fight by putting Candace Parker in the game, you don't. So... I mean, it's a disappointing way to end the season. They still had a pretty good season. But I feel like what you said, the Suns are kind of giving a a run for their money to the Mystics right now. They're up by 10 points. (laughs) So, yeah, they are. I mean, it's not like it's all the Sparks just lost. I mean, the Sparks were just bad in that series, so the Suns don't deserve it. No, no, no. The Suns are a tough, gritty team, and I think they're kind of working their way for it. And right now it's Suns and Mystics. Who do you have winning? What is your prediction? I have um, the Mystics right now in four. Uh, now, judging, I'm watching this game right now. <laughs> you can't change Ella it. <laughs> has not, yeah, Ella Delanod has not returned to the floor. She went out with some back issues. No. Um, and I think that has given the Sun a lot of edge. Yeah. Uh, like you said, you know, they are a good team. They're gritty. You know, they're a very, like, underdog, gritty kind of team. And I respect that. But, you know, if the, now if the Mystics, like, turn around and they – I mean, they've already won a game. But if they don't win another game in this series, I would definitely be uh, surprised. And you know what? The, the Sun will – definitely shut me up because (laughs) um that's it's pretty intense to go against a team like the mystics you know a team that's been together for a while you know they've been here before um they have very experienced players so uh if they don't want a game again i i think i'll be um 
I'll be a Suns fan just by by self torment. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I I'm I'm with you. I have the Mystics maybe in five, so I'm gonna give them a few chances to win. <laughs> but I mean, mm-hmm. the the Mystics, they're like sh- they play with so much confidence, and they shoot like every ball is gonna go in. And you would look at them play as for we saw them game one. You wouldn't even think it was a finals game because they're just playing like how they come straight to business and then you have elena de la don who is just an amazing player she's the mvp for a reason and i'm so sad to see that she just left the game i hope she could come back but i mean like yeah. you know throughout the season for um for those people that have not watched it she has just been like killing like she's doing so good and like you expect this from her but, like, you kind of don't at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But you're just like, oh, my God. Like, because you think you can't get better. And then she gets better. And so you're just like, kind of like, oh, my goodness. So I do have yeah, the Mystics. She's in her prime, though, for sure. She's in her prime. Yeah. I have the Mystics in five. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, sometimes when every time I say a prediction, the opposite thing happens. So I am hope I'm, like, correct this time. <laughs> or maybe I just don't go with my gut. I don't know. <laughs> Well, we're gonna see. We'll see. This time we may both be wrong. <laughs> well, I think that's all for our episode for today. Um, well, we want to thank you guys for listening and coming back to West Coast Mix and Bounce. And just don't forget to like our stuff and to subscribe to our podcast. Um, that was West Coast Mix and Bounce with Leslie Torres and. Brown and Marks. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.